I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Understanding the Bible's history and writing styles helps us comprehend God's words clearly. Knowing the historical context of the Bible helps us grasp what happened when it was written, making the messages more relatable. Exploring the literary aspects, like how it was written, helps us catch the nuances and intentions behind the words. This deeper understanding lets us read the Bible with a clear purpose, connecting with its timeless wisdom in a way that feels meaningful and relevant to our lives today. Today, I'm talking with Anne White, an internationally known author, speaker, passionate Bible teacher, and founder of Courage for Life Ministry. She just collaborated on the Courage for Life Study Bible for Women and the Courage for Life Study Bible for Men. In our conversation today, we talk about the importance of understanding the proper historical and literary context when reading the Bible and questions we can ask ourselves that will help us understand what it is that we're reading and how to apply it to our lives. She also shares with us practical guidance for prayer and encouragement for those who are often intimidated to read the Bible. Her enthusiasm for the Word of God is definitely contagious, and I hope this conversation will lead you to read the Bible in a new and different way. Welcome, Anne. It is incredible to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Kimberly. It's so great to be here with you. So a question we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? Oh, goodness. Gosh, our family is known for grandkids. We're known for generosity, I think, and compassion. We're a very compassionate family. Even our kids who are now grown and have families of their own. It was one thing that was, you know, we always love to have everybody at our house and just love on anyone who was broken and hurting. Mm -hmm. I think God's always given us a heart for that. So uh, it's carried throughout my life. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's incredible. And I love the fact that like, you're still carrying on those things you did when your family was at home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I I see them do it, too. And, and sometimes it's, I don't want to say to a fault, but you know how you can sometimes be generous, kind, and compassion and get taken a little bit advantage of. But you mm-hmm. know what? I've always looked at it as though God knows what's on the other end of it. As long as yeah. we're doing what the Lord calls us to do and what we feel the Holy Spirit is prompting in us, mm-hmm. then we'll be fine. He'll yeah. he'll work out the details on the other end. Oh, absolutely, for sure. All right, so you're here to talk about your new project. It is Courage for the Life Study Bible for Women, and then also one for men. So tell us about why you started this and why, you know, there's a lot of Bible study research resources out there, a lot of Bibles out there. So then why this project? Oh, well, it all started back to when I was saved at 19, I was saved by a coworker asking me that proverbial, the familiar question mm-hmm. that, that so many people do ask and hopefully and prayerfully still ask is, if you died today, would you go to heaven? Do you know that you'd go to heaven? And as a 19-year-old, I'd gone to church with my mom, my family, some. I felt like I was a Christian. I believed Jesus was real. 
but I didn't know him as my personal Lord and Savior, and I didn't even know I could. So I was very grateful when my coworker asked me that question, and I was unable to answer with confidence. So I prayed to receive Christ that day. I knew that something changed in my life, but I didn't know where to go from there. It was kind of like the question, what's next? Now what do I do? Mm -hmm. I felt there was a heart change. There was a desire to do things differently or, you know, it's always a compassionate, you know, caring person, but I felt different. I knew the Holy Spirit had entered my life. I knew something was different. I don't think I knew it was the Holy Spirit at the time, but I just knew something was different. Fast forward about 20 years, married, having kids, husband and I are going to church, you know, been baptized, bringing my Bible to church every Sunday coming back home on Sunday afternoons, putting it back on the shelf until the next time we went to church, I had no clue that I needed to be discipled. I didn't even know what that word really meant. I'd heard it, but, you know, I didn't understand it truly. So in my early 40s, God allowed me to get to a place in my life where I desperately needed him. And so as I sought him, I knew the Bible held something special. I knew it was there for me, it it provided hope, encouragement of some sort, because every time the pastor would read it at church, I would get something out of it. Mm -hmm. So I began to seek his word, and I began to go to a Bible study, precept Bible study under K. Arthur, and learn to study God's word for myself, and a whole new world opened up. So I say that to say, I believe discipleship is imperative. I believe that as Christians, we miss out on so much if we don't know how to dive into God's word and apply it to our lives in practical ways. Mm -hmm. So I began a ministry in 2014 as a Bible teacher by that point. I'd been teaching God's word for years and going to seminary and so forth. And I just had a real passion for uh, discipleship. So I started a ministry to help people who were struggling to get closer to the Lord, overcome any barriers that they had, and help to disciple them. In 2014, we're going to be celebrating 10 years in 2024. We we just kind of dove in. And the first book that I wrote was Courage for Life. And it was based on steps that I had taken over those last few years to break down the barriers that I still held, even as a Bible teacher, I still had some baggage from my past. So we've done a lot of projects and to answer, to finally answer your question, the Bible is our most recent project. There's two study Bibles. It's very heavily, it's very Filled with information. I'm probably not saying this uh, as eloquently <laughs> as I could, but it is. it has a lot of great information. More on a layman's level, for someone who hasn't, maybe a new believer who hasn't ever gotten into God's Word, is maybe afraid they want to understand it, or even mature believers who just uh, want a closer relationship with the Lord. They want to dive into God's Word in a new and fresh way. There's so much content in here, and there's Bible studies, practical applicable Bible studies on every single scripture page. So we can continue to talk about that. But I think I believe and many people agree with me that this Bible is very unique with the content that it offers and Mm -hmm. how it offers a reader the ability to read, study and understand God's word all on their own. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's incredible about your resource is that it does provide context. So can you talk to us a little bit about why it's important to understand the historical and literary context when reading the Bible? Absolutely. I think many of us feel like the Bible could be outdated, you know, not many of us, but many people, many, many Americans, many people all over the world, when they come to Christ, they may think, okay, this is this Bible, you know, was written so many years ago. How could it apply to my life today? It's important to understand the context in which it was written because it helps us to understand that original message to that original audience. It helps Mm -hmm. us not take God's word out of context. There are a lot of passages in the Bible that people will take out of context. And you take Jeremiah 29, 19, and you say, you know, God knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper us. And that's a very uh, inspirational, a very well familiar passage. But it was given originally to the Israelites when they were in captivity as an encouragement. And now they were in a very hard, difficult time in their life, and they were going to be there for 70 years. This wasn't going to be like, hey, God's got great plans. It's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. It was time. And so God's word often does that. It gives us, when we take it and put it in a proper context, we can relate it to our lives because God doesn't always come in and rescue us immediately from our problems. As a matter of fact, many times he allows our problems to happen so that we can grow. Because just like my problems that I had, you know, that in my early 40s that drove me to seek his word and the problems that I had in 2012 that drove me to deal with some baggage that I had in my past, mm-hmm. those problems allow us an opportunity to grow. And God always says, I'm with you wherever you go, whatever you go through, mm-hmm. he will be with us through it. We are to take courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think the important, we tend to read the Bible through the lens of our timing and our culture. And I do think that there is so much value in understanding the underlying message and what was coming across, but you have to understand what it was like at that time. You have to understand what the primary means of income was at that time, how people traveled, what they meant by, you know, to the ends of the earth, like all, all of this stuff is really important to know. So I really like that about these study Bibles. Yes. And I think one thing I've always done is I've taught people how to study God's word on their own. I use what's called an inductive study method, mm-hmm. just four simple steps, but it's going into God's word with a clear, open mind and searching the text and saying, first of all, you know, the first step in inductive is we pray. We mm-hmm. ask the Holy Spirit to come into our study and we invite God to open our hearts and minds with, for us not to come in with any preconceived notion or preconceived something that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. But say, Lord, let me read today and let me absorb what you want me to learn out of today's lesson. And as I go into the book, we pray, then we observe the text. That's simply asking those questions like you're talking about. Who is the audience? Who is who's speaking? Who are they speaking to? What's mm-hmm. going on? Where is this happening? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And how can I read this and understand it and put it in a proper context? Mm-hmm. Once we've observed our text, we interpret the text and we say, okay, now let's bring it into today and say, what timeless life lesson is God trying to teach me? And then the fourth step, is apply. So pray, observe, interpret, and then apply. Like, how can I apply what God's trying to teach me, whether it's about forgiveness or perseverance or 
whatever the topic is in that particular passage, how do I apply it today? What's going on in my life that God's trying to tell me I need to persevere through this, or Mm -hmm. I need to take hope, or I need to hang on, or whatever it is. There's something we're going through that God will use his message in a in a beautiful way to give us either a scolding or encouragement or whatever we need for that particular moment. Yeah. I think those four those four points are important because oftentimes I'll read the Bible and I'll check it off my to-do list, but really taking the time to figure out how to apply it and what the underlying message is and journaling about it, writing it down, putting it someplace where I remember has been so helpful. And it's the difference between the word just being something that I read or the word being something that transforms my life. Mm-hmm. Don't be just hearers of the word, but yeah. be doers, you know, yeah. let it impact our lives in practical way. You know, Tyndale, when they designed the Bible, I wrote the teaching content. I had a great team behind me and a great team of Bible scholars at Tyndale that I worked with. But as we wrote the teaching content for every single scripture page that goes along with that pray, observe, interpret, and apply, Mm -hmm. they designed it in such a way that they left margins, wide margins on the side, you know, for you to take notes. Mm Because I agree, we need to, I heard it one time, a long time ago, when I first started studying the Bible, one of my teachers said, when you mark God's word, his word will mark your life in, in powerful ways. Mm. So I love having a Bible that I can write in, you know, yeah. um, that I can just highlight or underline when God repeats something or jot to the side, you know, something that's that's happened for that particular day that where God spoke to me. It's powerful to go back as I teach the word and I teach mm other people and see, okay, in this last time that I taught her, the last time that I studied it and the Lord spoke to me, you know, this was impactful. I want to share that. Yeah. You did mention some of the questions that you instruct readers to answer or that you answer for readers as they go through the text. Can you just remind us of what those are and then let us know, give us an example of how knowing the answer to these questions has changed the way the reader would read the book. So take the book of Daniel, for example. We answer these questions and the very first page as you start this book. And it's an incredible book to read, although it is a book of prophecy. Those first six chapters really go over Daniel's life and how he is taken into captivity. So the first question that we answer is the who. They're the who, what, when, where, why, and how questions that are all answered at the very beginning of every single book in the Courage for Life Study Bible. So who in the book of Daniel? Well, we talk about who is the author. That's Daniel. Who's speaking? Daniel is. He's telling about his time when Jerusalem was taken captivity by the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. And it's great to understand these who's, King Nebuchadnezzar, and why he did what he did. Back in those days, when a king would conquer a particular territory, they didn't come in to demolish all the people. Actually, they would come in and take some of the young, noble, more influential is a better word, a more common word that we would use today taking them back to his kingdom, raising them up under his rule, having them serve him, but be a voice to the other Hebrew and Jewish people so that they could begin to live in harmony. They wouldn't fight back against him. They would begin to see that the king wants to rule, but he wants everyone to prosper and he wants them to serve him faithfully. 
So when we understand that who about these two people, then we begin to see the context of everything that's going on. So then we ask what, what's happening? Jerusalem has just been conquered, we find out, and David and other nobles, and there's three friends that are mentioned in that first chapter, and we've always known them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. (laughs) And I know Mm -hmm. this is a childhood Um, book of the Bible that we've learned as we were children, but there's so many valuable lessons as adults that we can learn from Daniel because it covers his entire life and his entire service in Babylon. Mm -hmm. So as Daniel's taken, we answer those who and what questions, what's going on, and then where is it happening? He's been taken to Babylon, and we talk a little bit about that particular area and that it's modern day Iraq today. So we begin to understand Mm -hmm. that we're in the kind of geographical context this is. Mm -hmm. And then how do we study this? How do we break this book down? We find that the book of Daniel can be broken down really into two parts. There's 12 chapters total. Those first six chapters cover really Daniel's dreams and how God gives him wisdom He has dreams and he interprets dreams for the king that Mm -hmm. talk about the future. And it also talks about trials that he goes through, not only the trial, him coming into captivity, but the, you know, when he's thrown into the lion's den, when his friends are thrown into the fiery furnace for not obeying the social rule, but obeying God's rule. Mm -hmm. So we learn a lot from that. But those last six chapters we learn are very prophetic about the future end times. And they really set the stage for the book of Revelation. So when we put all of this into context, it really helps us appreciate the book more. It helps us gain more insight into the lessons that we can learn from this. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really just fascinating. You know, truly the Bible becomes incredibly fascinating. Yeah. So I think of like, you know, these childhood stories that we learn, but when we start to really dig into the Bible and we learn the context, they become grown-up lessons, right? There's so much more richness than just the fact that Daniel was in captivity, served the king, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went in the furnace. Like there's so much more we can unpack and knowing these things is definitely key to that. That is so true. And so that was really the heart behind this Bible is to help readers who are not familiar with God's word mm-hmm. to be able to not only put it into context, but then be able to take every single scripture page and pull a timeless life lesson off that page and study yeah. it at the bottom. So yeah. um, that's some things that are very unique. And there are a lot of other features as well about these study Bibles, but we wanted them to be good discipleship Bibles that anyone can pick up. They can disciple someone with them. They can study with their family, their friends, Mm -hmm. Or they can simply sit down and read God's word in the morning and not be concerned as much about, am I going to understand it? Am I going to find ways to apply it to my life? Yeah. So what um, words of encouragement do you have for people, readers who want to read the Bible, but are a little intimidated? Where should they start? And what's the most important thing for them to know? You know what? One of my favorite books of the Bible is the book of John. And it's fairly easy, but with this discipleship Bible, you'll not not only get to put it into context, but then you'll be learning those lessons about who God is, why he came in the form of our Savior, gave his life on the cross, and the Gospels are a great place to start. But then I also love the book of Genesis. It's a little intimidating because it's 50 chapters, and so Mm -hmm. you really have to break it down into bite-sized pieces and start, you know, and I love the first several chapters of creation, but then you go into the 
the beginning of the history of Israel, how God told Abraham to go from the place in which he was living, which was Ur of the Chaldeans, and you, you find out that particular area on a map, and told him, I want to show you the land that I'm going to send you to, and I'm going to make you a nation of people that becomes Israel. Mm -hmm. And so you begin to see how God birthed this nation of his people and the trials and the difficulties, the challenges that they went through. But I know when I first studied Abraham, one of the things I love about him and what I love about just about everyone, every man and woman in the Bible that has gone on this journey of life before us they all make mistakes. And so it always makes me feel better about me because I'm always running up against a wall and making some mistakes and, you know, some things I regret. But I love Abraham because he was God's friend. He was the father of all nations. He is he is just an in love with the Lord, but he also is human. And so um, he tries to give away his wife twice because he's afraid that the kings that he comes up to on their journey uh, are going to kill him because she's beautiful and they may want her. So you begin to see that Abraham makes mistakes. He goes to Egypt looking for food instead of trusting that God would provide. Those are things that we do every single day. So we can yeah. quit beating ourselves up for making these mistakes. God loves us unconditionally. He wants to be right by our side. He wants us to rely on him and seek his advice and wisdom and direction. But when we make a mistake, he's not going to beat us over the head. That's Satan that does that. So mm -hmm. yeah. he's be right there helping lift us up and pull us out of our mire. And he's going to allow us to learn something in the process. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I look forward to our readers getting hold of your new Bibles. And thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. You can find Anne at AnneWhite.com. She's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as God Gives Courage. I'll link to that, plus where you can find her new study Bibles in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.